Welcome to Burnside at Home for Sunday the 27th of March. We're continuing our journey through Lent. Well, during the weekdays we're looking at 40 unseen women of the Bible and then each Sunday we're picking up one or two of those women and we are looking at their lives in a little bit more detail. Uh, just a couple of announcements today. First of all, this incoming week the Port Stewart Music Festival and also music exams will be taking place in our church hall. Uh, do uh, join us uh, each Sunday at 11 o'clock in person. No need to pre-register for our services. We're still maintaining distance and we are wearing masks in and out of the building and also while we sing. Looking ahead to Easter, uh, Easter morning service at 11am and our dawn service at 6am on top of the Harbour Hill. We're joining with Port Stewart Presbyterian, Port Stewart Baptist and there is breakfast afterwards in Port Stewart Presbyterian Church. So let's worship God together. And today we come to worship. Uh, we come to worship the one who, like a mother hen, longs to gather her brood under her wings. And yet often we resist Christ's care and his protection. So today we come to worship on this Mothering Sunday. And we come to worship our Heavenly Father. And we come to worship our Saviour. So as we do so, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for this Mothering Sunday, a day whenever we can remember our mothers and remember all those who have mothered us during our lives. Lord, we recognise that for many today is a sad day as they remember and as they mourn. But Lord, we also pray that it might be a day of thankfulness and a day of blessing. We want to give you thanks, Lord, for all those who have mothered us in our lives and have guided us in the faith and have pointed us towards you. And we pray, Lord, that we might know your blessing today. Lord, watch over us in this service, we ask, and help us at each step of the way to bring glory to you. Teach us, Lord, from the examples of Hannah and Mary today as we look at these women and how, as mothers, they served you and they glorified you. And Lord, as we come to worship you today, we ask, Lord, about all that is happening in the world. We think of Ukraine and we think of all those who are struggling because of that at this time. We pray, Lord, for peace. We pray for talks. We pray for an end to the violence. And we pray for our brothers and sisters in that land as they seek to help others that you might be with them and guide them. Lord, we pray for those who are ill today and we ask that wherever they happen to be that you would be near to them. We continue, Lord, to think about COVID and all that goes on and we pray for your protection and your help for all those who are struggling today with it. So, Lord, we bring all these, our prayers, to you now in and through Jesus' name. Amen. On Sunday, we're hoping to sing together a hymn which is all about mothers. And I just want to share uh, some of the words of that hymn with you now. Uh, don't worry, I'm not going to attempt to sing it. But uh, it starts off with the story of Moses in the first verse. A mother lined a basket to keep her baby dry, then rocked him on a river, lest he awake and cry. She let a princess name him, her son that he might live, 
God's people had a leader. She had such hope to give. And then the second verse is about Hannah. And it's Hannah that we're going to be looking at today. A mother sewed a jacket lined in the softest wool, then dressed her little boy child, her cup of blessing full. She brought him to the temple where he would serve and live. God's people had a prophet. She had such faith to give. Then the third verse moves on to Mary and Jesus. A mother laid her baby in manger lined with straw, that in the shepherd's story his call from God foresaw. She nurtured him and taught him the way that he must live. God's people had a saviour, she had such love to give. Like Jochebed and Hannah and Mary too we know, the hardest part of loving is learning to let go. So when we send our children out in the world to live, grant us such hope and faith, God, and love enough to give. Beautiful hymn, and especially on this Mothering Sunday, uh, all that we have today. So let's read uh, God's word together today, and we're reading from uh, 1 Samuel 1, uh, verses 1 to 27. There was a certain man from Ramathim, a Zuphite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jehoram, son of Elihud, son of Tohu, son of Zuph, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Penaniah. Penaniah had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Penaniah and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he gave a double portion because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Her husband Elkanah would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Once when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I've been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, Go in peace, and may the Lord God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, May your servant find favour in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning they arose and worshipped before the Lord and then went back to their home at Ramah. 
Elkanah made love to his wife Hannah and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel saying, because I asked the Lord for him, Hannah for him. When her husband Elkanah went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill his vow, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, after the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord and he will live there always. Do what seems best to you, her husband Elkanah told her. Stay here until you have weaned him, only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she had weaned him. After he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When the bull had been sacrificed, they brought the boy to Eli, and she said to him, Pardon me, my Lord, as surely as you live, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I asked of him. So now I give him to the Lord. For his whole life he will be given over to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. Amen. And we pray that God will bless to us the reading of his word today. One of the things that we have been doing over the last few months is trying to find Jesus in most of the passages that we've read together. And we've tried uh, to do that, especially with the Old Testament passages. But this morning, I want us to try something slightly different. Because as we continue our series for Lent, looking at the 40 unseen women of the Bible, today, as you know, we come to Hannah. And as we look at her life, I want us to see where we can find Mary in her story. Because there are lots of similarities between Hannah and Mary. And as we look at Mary, as we travel towards Easter, we begin to appreciate our salvation that little bit more. We're going to see what we can learn from these two women, bearing in mind that we will be coming to Mary uh, towards the end of Lent as well. We're going to see how these two mothers were used by God and how they responded in making sure that their boys were handed over in service to God. The similarities between the stories of the two women are reflected in the words of their two songs and we'll come to that a little later this morning. So let's begin by asking who are these two women? Our knowledge of Hannah and Mary in scripture is limited to the descriptions of their motherhood. We learn very little else about them. Granted, we do see Mary on a a couple more occasions, but we know most about them through their role as mothers. So it's appropriate that we come to them on this Mothering Sunday. They're not like Esther or Deborah or Jael, who were involved in saving God's people. Here, their very specific and special work for God is to raise up their children so that they can serve God. In doing so, each woman plays a significant role in God's plan to bring freedom to his people. They obey God's call to be ordinary and extraordinary mothers. Hannah, I suppose, can be understood as a type or a a foreshadow or perhaps a, a whisper of Mary. In the Garden of Eden, God promised that he would send one who would rescue mankind, a promised one who would defeat Satan. 
And so in Genesis 3 verse 15 we read, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. And then in Galatians we're told, But when the time The set time had fully come. God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. The offspring comes at God's appointed time, comes to save God's people. Throughout the Bible, we read of many women who exemplify the heart and the actions of Mary. And here, Hannah is one of those women. So let's begin by considering some of the parallels between Hannah and Mary and then also a few of the contrasts in the story. We begin then with two miraculous conceptions. Hannah was unable to bear children because the Lord had closed her womb and this resulted in Elkanah's other wife, Penaniah, making Hannah's life miserable, we're told. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. But God miraculously gave Hannah the desire of her heart. Mary, however, had no desire to have children at that time. After all, she was unmarried. She was also a virgin. Remember, whenever she spoke to the angel, said, How will this be, since I am a virgin? But miraculously, God told her through the angel that she was going to have a son. So with both these women, Hannah and Mary, they're very different, but they have two miraculous conceptions. Next, we have two willing servants of God. Hannah asked the Lord for a child, and in doing so, she refers to herself as God's servant. And she made a vow to give the child to God, and her desire to have a child wasn't selfish. Whenever she received a child, she was more than ready to hand the child over to God. We're told in 1 Samuel 1 and verses 10 and 11, in her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look at your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. Mary also describes herself as a servant of the Lord. In response to Gabriel telling her that she's going to have a son, she said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. They're both willing to serve God in whatever capacity he calls them. They're both willing to sacrifice their own desires to do what God requires. They're both going to have to give up the most precious thing that they have. This is such a contrast to our story last week when all that Barak could come up with in God's service was excuses. Mary and Hannah have no excuses and they are prepared to do whatever God asks of them. Next in the story, we have two gifts of revelation. Both of these women receive a revelation from God, given to them by a messenger of God. 
In Hannah's case, it is Eli who brings the revelation. When he heard why she was muttering in prayer, Eli answered, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. God's plan is revealed to Hannah. In Mary's case, the messenger is an angel. Gabriel explains what's going to happen. The angel, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And these two revelations are priceless because they lead the two women on to two reassurances. The message that Eli gives to Hannah brings her comfort at a time of great turmoil and distress. Eli answered her, Go in peace, and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. And then she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast, all because of how God spoke through Eli. Hannah had been unable to eat. She had barely been able to function. But when she hears Eli's message, she is reassured. Mary is also upset by what's happening around her, but Gabriel is able to reassure her. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favour with God. To be in God's will, no matter how unsettling it may be, is the best place that we can ever be. Once the promises are made, then God keeps the promise. And two sons are born. Hannah gives birth to a boy, names him Samuel, which means God has heard. So in the course of time, Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. But not only had God heard the cry of Hannah, but he also heard the cry of his people Israel. And when they cried out for a king, Samuel was the one that God called upon to go and anoint the new king, first Saul and then David. Mary also gives birth to a boy just as Isaiah had predicted. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The giving of the son is God's divine gift, not just of a son to Mary, but of salvation to the world. Mary names her son Jesus as God had commanded. That name means the Lord is salvation. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over and he will reign over the house of the Lord forever. His kingdom will never end. Jesus had been sent not to anoint a king, but Jesus comes as the anointed king of kings, the one who reigns over the whole earth. While Israel had to endure the shortcomings of her kings, as well as the gracious godly leadership, we now have a perfect king, but not only a king, also a priest and a saviour. Samuel was prophet for many years, but Jesus is the king for all eternity. Finally, these 
two women respond in similar ways. They both sing praise to God. We have Hannah's prayer in 1 Samuel 2, which we're going to read in a moment. And we have Mary's song in Luke chapter 1, verses 40, verse 46 and following. And that's going to be sung at the end of our service on Sunday. So let's read Hannah's prayer. This is the joy of someone who is about to make such a huge sacrifice to God. Then Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. In the Lord my horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. Do not keep talking so proudly or let your mouth speak such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows, and by him deeds are weighed. The bows of the warriors are broken, but... Uh, Those who stumbled are armed with strength. Those who were full hire themselves out for food, but those who were hungry are hungry no more. She who was barren has borne seven children, but she who has had many sons pines away. The Lord brings death and makes alive. He brings down to the grave and raises up. The Lord sends poverty and wealth. He humbles and he exalts. He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap. He seats them with princes and has them inherit a throne of honour. For the foundations of the earth are the Lord's. On him he has set the world. He will guard the feet of his faithful servants, but the wicked will be silenced in the way of darkness. It is not by strength that one prevails. Those who oppose the Lord will be broken. The Most High will thunder from heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth. He will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Amen. So let's bow together in prayer. Lord God Almighty, we thank you that you are the God who is with us no matter what. We thank you, Lord, that you guide us and lead us in our lives. And so, Lord, we pray that we might be faithful and that we might be prepared to stand up for you so that others can come to know you as Lord and Saviour. Lord God, we ask all of these things in your precious name today. Amen.